gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of the Lungkang Kitties podcast. Let me describe the situation for all of you. It's a lazy Sunday afternoon. Just pretend, yeah, just pretend it's lazy, you know, it's just rained, and then there's the smell of the just rain, you know, on the road, and then now you are leaning back lazily, listening to our voices. And this time around, it's a little different, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, this time around, right, in this room, we have no ladies at all. Angie is on hiatus. She was actually thrown into jail for assaulting uh, a member of the public. So we have to do this episode without her. This means that this is a big boy podcast, yeah? Yeah. So only big boys, only adults here. We're going to talk about adult topics. No girls allowed. Girls can go fuck off. And then we'll be talking in our little boy treehouse here, our big man treehouse here. Uh, Big, bad, educational topics, yeah? Like sex education. Is it sex education? No, we're talking about public education. Pubic education. Public. Oh, okay, okay. It's so for shit then. The hell, man. The hell. What the hell? I, I watched Deadpool recently, so I'm like, every sentence I want to pun it. Because I'm, I, I like, I'm like Deadpool, you see. Don't do that. You're not Deadpool. <laughs> you're not nearly half as cool as he is. I can break the fourth wall, fifth wall, sixth wall, everything. I'll break your walls. <laughs> Careful, John will make you dead, not Deadpool. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, so today we are talking about um, it's public education a waste of time and money uh, based on a book written by Brian Kaplan the name of the book is The Case Against Education interesting interesting but throughout this entire podcast you must find ways to bring it back to Singapore okay yeah okay. I mean the specifically I want to talk about the Singaporean context uh. the content of the book is centered around the American education system however I still think that it applies to us here uh, there's a there's a wide range of topics that he covers and I want to jump straight into it. So the first thing that he tried to preface the whole book, education is fundamentally divided into one of two aspects. Either you're a human capital purist or human capital uh, supporter or education is about signaling. So you're going to have to summarize this for the audience because like, honestly, I, I actually don't know what you're talking about. So imagine, for instance, right? You go to school and you learn a variety of subjects. Okay, now the question is: Do any of the subjects that you learn while you're in school is it useful for your future in the job market? Like, what do you guys think? So, th- just think about your own education for the time being. Okay, think about all the shit that you have learned through from primary school all the way through your university studies, tertiary studies, and just think about what is it that you're doing now. Has school actually prepared you for any of the things that you you are doing right now? In a general sense, yes, of course, right? So okay. the more general the topic, the the more helpful is it for young children to understand the world, like on, on a very general general uh, basis. For instance, if you're uh, talking about physics and chemistry, of course, right now as my, my career as an illustrator, it doesn't avail me at all, at all, at all, at all. But if you, if you talk about how I can see the world now as, uh, as uh, governed by these set of rules, by uh, certain concepts like, I don't know, Brownian motion, which is the movement from, of shit particles from one toilet to another. I can understand. What the hell? <laughs> I can understand, like, you know, if let's say there's a hoax on the internet, I can understand. Like, I, can, I can catch it for what it is. So that's the human capital portion of it. So that's human capital. Yeah. Can, so you, can the, you try your best again to summarize it again? So then the human capital purist or the human capital supporter will say that school is fundamentally about equipping you with the knowledge of how to learn. Basically, what they are trying to say to you is that we force-feed you this certain uh, bunch of knowledge that may or may not be useful to your 
future as your in your career or whatever work that you decide to participate in. However, it's sort of as broad strokes as you can, helpful in your future adult life. I would say that is seventy percent true. Yes, but I, okay. Let's 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 go by that that definition. So okay, then, what is the next? That's roughly the human capital human argument. Human capital argument. Yeah. Right. Then the other one is a signaling argument. Okay, signaling. So signaling is about everything that you've learned, right? It's just complete garbage. All the shit that you've you've picked up in school doesn't really help you at all. However, that's not what employers are looking for. They're not looking for people who understand their job roles. They are looking for a very specific sets of characteristic traits that people who have completed certain levels of education may have as a result of completing said education. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what are these qualities then? Such as intelligence, conformity, conscientiousness. Conformity, yeah. So that's what they are looking for. They are not really looking for... If, let's say, for example, if I were to hire an engineer, I'm not really looking for a guy who knows everything about engineering or who knows even the the stuff the type of engineering that my company may or may not do. What I'm looking for is a guy who can fit in, who's a team player, who has the necessary IQ to handle the shit that I've I've tasked him him or her to do. And at the end of the day he can conform to the company rules and regulation. So that's the signaling model. Understand now? Are, are we all on board? Okay. Let, let, let me, uh, who has just only heard about this, try to <laughs> summarize this to the audience. Because if I cannot summarize it, that means our audience is, because, you know, <laughs> we are totally lost. Mm, all right. Okay. So the first is the human capital argument. Human capital argument goes to show, it talks about how that we are taught how to learn in school. It's not so much of the subjects that matter, but how we approach those subjects. So this is the value it brings to our life. The second is the the uh, signaling, signaling uh, argument which talks about how more the education system prepares us for the future uh, simply by by these indicators that future employers will use to judge us. Yes, correct. That's, that's, you hit the nail on the head. Okay. So the, the premise of the book is that public education or even private education as, as it stands right now since the inception of uh, education as a whole available to the public is about 80% signaling. That's the premise of the book, which I actually agree. I think that our current education system is roughly that amount of signaling, but the way that we are going about it, right, is wrong. We we are actually about 80% signaling. However, most people see it as possibly upwards of 50% and above human capital. Like no nobody is gonna nobody's gonna stand here and say that signaling doesn't doesn't factor into it. Like every one of yeah, us, yeah, I think, yeah. can. It's the percentage we are we are yes, talking about. Correct. Can sort of agree that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I see what you're talking about. Uh, however, you know, most proponents of uh, public education will say that actually no, you know, we are not mostly signaling. You know, we, we there, there is a there's a there's a bunch of useful stuff that you learn uh, as a result of going to school, so and so forth. How to learn what? There, there's a whole bunch of other arguments that, that that factors into the human capital segment of the argument. However as the book goes on to tell and listing evidence or after evidence after evidence and of course going through thought experiments comes out to the conclusion that public education is about 80% signaling. Okay, alright. So, uh, John, you are very firmly in the, the like, educa- public education is nothing but signaling camp, am I right? Not nothing but, but about 80%. About 80%, yeah. alright. I'm okay. in agreement with the, with the author. Okay, okay. Uh, and Jerry, you there? 
I think it's definitely true. I do. I cannot tell you how many percent, but I think it's definitely true in a sense. Uh, if you look just, at just just I I we just want to know like your figure. How many percent? Of like it just is just capital? your gut feel now. I'm definitely more than fifty percent. Definitely more than fifty percent. I'm not. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing. Is uh, it's the wrong thing to um to oh, man, put your foot on something like just 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 a rough indicator okay. like just. Okay, more than fifty percent, fifty-five percent. So you are fifty-five signaling, forty-five capital. Definitely. What about you, Dan? Uh, I would go so far as to say it's a fifty-fifty, fifty capital, fifty signaling. Okay. Yeah. So, what makes you what what makes you say that? Like, what makes you think it's fifty-fifty? Of course, all, all the evidence that I have is anecdotal, lah. Right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I'm not I trying to gotcha you. I'm not trying to trap you in anything. Right, right, right. So right. the 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 whole reason that we are talking about this is to have the discussion to begin with. Of course, right? of course, yeah. of course, of course. So of course. I just I'm just very curious as to uh, find out like what is it what is it about our education system that leads you to this conclusion? Okay, I have I have two things that come to mind. Okay, the first thing is that I feel that education everywhere, public education everywhere gets less and less about signaling and more and more about uh, the actual capital, the higher you go up, right? Because it, it is a tendency for, for you to choose your own branch of education, whether you go to polytechnic or whether you go to JC, whether you learn something that's more into like 3D animation or whether you learn into something more like chemical engineering. So already the, the knowledge becomes more and more relevant to what you actually apply in your trade craft. Of course, when you are younger, you need to have like a more basic general concepts taught to you, yeah? So that's the first thing. The second thing is that I've seen some, um, okay, this is just, again, very anecdotal, right? So I'm, I'm comparing two people right now. It's me, Dan Wong, and uh, my current apprentice, Brenna. So Brenna, if you're listening to this podcast, don't get mad, okay? <laughs> so I noticed that Brenna, right, as talented she is as an illustrator, she's not very good with, um, she's not very comfortable with math, with sums, with things like that. And then she has talked to me about her education record record before her and it's, it's very spotty when it comes to her her math her math okay, again this is this is no no insult to Brenna it's just that I can see that if you don't do well at uh you know on on these very general subjects when you're in school it will reflect when you are doing you'll reflect on how comfortable you are when you take on such tasks in in at work whereas for myself um uh, I may be a terrible businessman but when it comes to math like how I how I grapple with how much percent I earn, how much I grapple with uh, how much money I take to let my business thrive throughout each month, what is the overheads and all this. This comes extremely natural to me and I am not at all intimidated by the math that goes behind running a business, even though I have never learned how to run a business from any book or any, any, you know, any sort of uh, media at all. Right? So I, I attribute this to you know, me just getting good grades in math when I was a kid. Okay, so these are the two arguments I have in my in my head right now. Alright, Jerry, what about you? What 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 made you come to the conclusion that you're you are fifty five percent signaling? It's it? at least fifty five percent. Okay, so for me is to me I feel school right, and if I do have a kid, I will send them to a public school. Uh, no questions asked because I think school is a fantastic arena for kids uh, to to grow and to find themselves. And my experience was. I'm pretty well adjusted. I have been on both sides. Okay, I've been bullied. I've been part of bullying. Sure, you know, but it's it's not the bully until this this person is depressed, uh, de- go to depression and suicide or whatever. It's, it's good natured bantering, and you know, we pick on one target and then we move on. That's what actually, you think. Actually, uh, hey, should we go this? Because Jerry, you brought a very pertinent topic, which mm. is the which we are something we you and I we are not discussing right, John. The whole social aspect of education. Because if you're just talking about the educational aspect of education. That means what you learn in the curriculum 
then it's it becomes an easier argument. But now Jerry is bringing in the social dynamics that you learn as a kid. That one is is a lot that is very valuable, you know, and it will it will fray your argument. Or should we not talk about this? We can bring it up again later. But even then, right? Like you can include the social element into it, which only as far as I can tell, reinforces the social, the, the signaling aspect of it. Which is why, which is why I feel that uh, school is more signaling because I'm not, I'm not fully agreeing with John here, but what I'm saying is I feel that school is a mini society where kids have to learn how to navigate. And if this is one of the reasons why I'm not very against, but I, I can see the positives of homeschooling, but I feel that putting a, ch- putting a child in a environment where he or she has to learn how to navigate on their own is very important and perhaps that's one of the reasons why I feel you know if if a child can perform uh, well it's not just it's not just results you know if you perform well in school if you're if you're well liked if you are popular maybe not even popular but you you fit in well enough that the teachers don't have a problem with you perhaps that is kind of like oh yeah, you know, this person don't have any merits or whatever, but they don't have any problems in school, no disciplinary issues. Like exactly what, like what John said, you know, perhaps this, uh, this person is a good fit for our company or whatever. You know, Jerry, since we're talking about a social aspect, right, I can tell you if my, my, my fucking secondary school's teachers were such, weren't such fucking cunts, right? Good citizen would never have started because I would never have a problem <laughs> with authority. It, it's funny because uh, I, I think in the entire, in my whole experience in public school from primary to secondary school, I only had three bad teachers. The rest were either really good or just so average that I don't remember them. Okay. Yeah, I would say you're quite blessed uh, to have yeah. like these good teachers. But what about us who draw the short end of the stick? Yeah. I don't that know, would man. be a case against public education, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm neither agreeing but, or... I, I'm, okay, but here's the thing. Yeah, I'm going to be a Jerry today. So, <laughs> Were you... Were, what kind of schools did you go to? I went to a very average neighborhood primary school and a hey, slightly summer, summer. above average secondary school. Summer, summer, summer. Neighborhood summer. secondary yeah. school. So I'm, I'm not, you know, like, I've never done well academically enough to go to any of those SEP schools or whatever the fuck, you know, those privileged people go to. But, yeah. but uh, John, lay out some more of the arguments of this book. Now, now, now that we have dived deep into this mire, right, let's, let, let's hear more from what you think about this book. All right, so I'll give you guys a quick example, all right? Now, let's say that both of you are correct and that roughly you're talking about, say, either 45% to 50% of public schooling is uh, human capital. If that was the case, wouldn't it be so that if you don't go to, you can go to school all the way until the day of your exam and then you can don't take the exam and then you'll come out and then you'll still be all right. That's, that's kind of what I did. Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait. Examin- examinations. You are bringing in examinations. So let's... So just imagine this. Like, I, I'm sure you guys have... I, I don't know if you guys have vibed it uh, about... Like, do you guys have nightmares that on the day of the exam, you can't make it because you're sick or you got hit by a car or whatever? Yeah, and yeah, therefore, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm shaking my head here. No, okay. never. So, I stress, yeah, last time. Sick for... So... If that because if human capital was the case, right, that means you don't actually need to take the exam. All you have to do is to go through the entire coursework, and then by the by the end of it, right, you have the human capital knowledge and the skills required. So what is the purpose of the exam then? To make sure that people are actually learning instead of slacking around. Uh. I here's the thing about exam. I think exams are the cheapest and fastest way for schools to understand whether like what. Uh, Dan has said, you know, whether the, the, 
the curriculum has been inducted into the, the this student's brain. But at the same time, I also agree that uh, if there are other ways to allow the student to express that they know the understand the knowledge, then you know exams doesn't really matter. Yeah, like what other way? Like the, the teacher that everybody is an individual teacher that hovers above your shoulder and then grades you every single week or every single day even. That can't be the case or so. Uh. So, I mean, you are right in saying that, you know, it's the cheapest way. It's the cheapest uh, way. Not, not everybody can have, unless you have like a hovering drone, you know, over your shoulder. Then today, but Jerry, the, is seven But the 10. examination cannot test on everything that you've learned. You, I mean, we all know that examinations only test like certain specific portions of it, maybe the more important portions of it, correct? And then of, there's also another aspect to the whole thing where we understand that, hey, examinations, right, are, are for people who can game the examination as well, correct? There are some people who are better at memory will, will have a better chance at scoring well in the exam, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have they are equipped with the human capital skills that you that we guys are talking about. Correct? So that's 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 one aspect of it. Okay. So let me bring let me bring another example. Alright. So throughout our whole lives, other than numerology, so mathematics and so on and so forth, and literacy, English, Chinese, writing, reading, so on and so forth. Wouldn't you agree that most of the other subjects we learn, we will never use in school again? Mm, that is debatable, man. Like I said... How like, many times have you used the fucking Pythagoras theorem? <laughs> well, if you talk about the specific Pythagoras theorem, of course not, right? But if you talk about the... Like, it helps me to facilitate this understanding that there's a certain set of mathematical formula that is already out there that people have gained through great sacrifice and bloodshed and... By this the way, helps uh, me to by the way, I have actually used the Pythagoras theorem once in my work. Okay. What? Because I had to calculate how much uh, wire I need to buy. So then the, the wire because it's 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 in a, arranged in a form of a triangle. I need to I need to calculate the hypotenuse. But here's the kicker. Alright. There's actually if you type Pythagoras theorem or uh, sorry, hypotenuse calculator into Google, right? There's actually something that will once you punch in the necessary inputs, it'll give you the output. No, but so, see that when if you don't know the Pythagoras theorem, <laughs> you will not be able to f- go, go Google search this thing, right? Well, that's that could be one, but at the same time, right? We don't. Sp- we that means uh, you only need to tell me Pythagoras theorem exists, and I don't actually need to go and learn the formula. Go for and sit in a fucking exam, and then cram this fucking thing over and over again in my head for don't know how many untold torturous hours only to have it only used one time in my adult life as part of a calculation that actually my colleague roughly got it correct I just wanted to be sure due to her experience like she, she actually managed to in her mind roughly gauge the answers already see the mathematics is just to reinforce her, her ideals and then this is this is just the the more this is just the stuff that we would actually we might use Okay, by accident or whatever. Then there's the other stuff that we might not use. I mean, okay, maybe in this particular example, both of you are illustrators, so it's a terrible example. But how many of us actually use the arts and craft, like in our daily lives, in our adult working lives? I, I have to confess, I've never done arts and crafts O levels. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so that so hu- clearly the human capital argument doesn't fit well for you because you have never gone through that human capital aspect of it, correct? And then for the rest of us who are engineers and and whatever, right, bankers and shit, people who work in finance, how, how, how often do we go use the arts and craft portion? How many of you keep your recorder? You know the recorder that you use in music class? I don't even remember throwing that fucking thing away because it's so fucking useless and I just hated the goddamn thing so much. But you learned, like, the theory of music. You learned that there are eight notes, one octave. I, 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 look, none of this, right, I, I ever got into my head. 
Like I the here's the thing, right? It was just huh. a complete waste of time for me. Huh. Right? I mean, wouldn't you say most people will experience the same thing? Because, because of your attitude. So are you saying that you <laughs> learn everything in the music class? Well, I, can I, you play I, that I recorder? No, I, but even but if you can, like, yes. is it is it impactful in your daily adult life? I think I can still play the eight notes, but I, no, I cannot play any See, tunes uh, or if, whatever. If you are trying to measure this impact, right, by this very quantitative, like, oh, I don't learn this, I learn this, but I never use it, therefore it's not useful. You you cannot do that because, uh, what we learn and how the learning expresses in our life is 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 very qualitative. You you don't know how the learning will manifest. You don't know how it can be the next creative thing for something in your work or in, 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 in your life because how these concepts come about, right? How they manifest because of lateral thinking. It might come, you uh, analogy that you learn in music might avail yourself in your events management. I don't know. Who, you know, you, you wouldn't know also. That's a bit of a stretch. La. I mean, the author actually specifically addressed this. It's not a stretch in my career. I can assure you of that. Yeah. So the author actually specifically addressed this uh, particular topic and he used an analogy which I thought was quite apt. Feel free to tell me otherwise. So when we when for example we are dealing with hoarders, right? You know hoarders, people who keep like shit all over their house. Their number one excuse, like this is this is an excuse that binds across all of them, is that you know you ask them, hey, why do you keep this uh, rotting plank of wood in your house? You know, there's probably in, there's probably like twelve different species of insects residing in it. This sounds very familiar. Have we talked about this before? And then probably not, but anyway. So, you ask him, right? Like, why do you keep this? And their, their answer is always, I might need it someday. So, this is the hoarder's equivalent argument when it comes to the human capital portion of it. So, it's like, you might need it. Like, you, like I'm going to jam cram all these fucking musical notes into your brain right now. And you may use it one day. Correct? I just don't buy that either. Like, there's a lot of... Uh, then, furthermore, there's a lot of other different ways, right, that you can infuse the same sort of problem-solving skills that doesn't require music, a subject which I utterly detest and have no talent in. Correct? And I think most people feel the same way. Like, 80% 80 of us on planet Earth, right, would have very, very little to do with music in our daily lives. I mean, producing music. We, we are avid consumers of it that you can't deny. Yeah, but then consuming is not the same. I, I mean, I consume like a, I mean, we have, we all have furniture, right? Doesn't mean that I need to learn how to build a furniture. But then you will be able to tell what good furniture is and what good furniture isn't. No, I don't need to <laughs> learn to build furniture to be able to determine the quality of furniture. Then you're just poking holes, man. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I think, I think the, the, way I'm looking at it as a counter to this point of view is if because when when you have a kid or when we are kids our parents don't really know what we'll grow up to become so they can either and and you know children being children they they sometimes have the you know the they're very fickle-minded you know they do some things for five minutes then after that they're like no I don't do it anymore but you, you said you like it two minutes ago and no I don't like it now right so so there's that fickle-mindedness in kids and I mean, we don't talk about the other distractions, right? But as, as a child, I remember the thing that I was very obsessed with was drawing. And uh, unfortunately, I, I was encouraged to continue and now I'm, I'm a broke-ass artist, right? So, but, but that's the thing. We, we, you don't really know how a child will develop. And the only thing a parent can hope to do is throw shit at the yeah, child. Expose them sticks. to as many 
things as possible. Yeah, but but I, I also agree uh, on, on that level that up to a certain stage where you know, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna spend like, you know, like eight thousand dollars a year sending your kids to a violin class and your kids like failing violin for five years in a row, maybe it's time to really listen to your kid and ask him, what the hell do you really want? You know, and so still that's that's that just reinforces the signaling argument, right? Like if you are terrible at it and then you are really no good and you just you're just tortured you're just being tortured and you fucking hate it, then why go through it? I'm never going to be any good with a musical instrument, any musical instrument, any musical knowledge or talent or whatever. So why make me go through the the recorder session? And so this is this this is where how, how does this relate to signaling? You have to you have to make make that leap for me because I'm so then what we are talking about right is that all the human capital argument would be like what you said earlier. Then you have no idea how music will impact your daily life, but the signaling argument right has a very elegant way of summing it all up. Okay, so we are going, we are putting, we are being put through, right, this ring of fire, okay, at every stage in our lives. And the, the objective is just to jump through that ring of fire. The people who jump through the most number of the rings of fire, okay, will end up most likely being the most successful amongst us. The people who stop at a certain point, they are being judged at where they stopped. For the elites among us, right, they will continue to jump through more fight. Like they will jump through more than what is necessary. And that signals to your future employer that you have certain characteristics that others do not possess. Because when you're going through a job interview, the selection of hiring a person, you must very immediately go from A to Z. You cannot sit there and wait for the person's characteristic to, to surface. Anybody can fake a lot of things, right? I mean, you can fake a lot of... Con- you can fake conscientiousness. You can even fake intelligence. But you cannot fake this kind of long-term hard work needed to go through the public education system and then the, the degree system, okay, without possessing some level of, char- of the characteristics that your future employers are looking for. So, hence, that is why I agree with the author on the signaling model and his percent, like his opinion on exactly how much the signaling model affects us. Didn't some kids in China actually this cheating has been going on for for millennia, hasn't it? Actually, we had the we had the case in Singapore recently. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, teacher. The, yeah, the the tuition center, right? Yeah. They were feeding the the kids on how to uh, pass the O levels, like cheating on the O levels, right? I mean, it was a it was a big case. So you see, we are more interested, right, in getting the passing grade than actually learning. And that is that is the sad thing about the current state of affairs. Like, wouldn't you agree? So then this, once again, right, reinforces the signaling model of the, of the whole education system. And this is actually one of the examples in my own personal life example that I would say uh, if, if we just condense the idea of signaling to getting results so that you can show people what you have achieved, right? Um, that's what happened in my history class. Okay, okay so my secondary, my secondary school history teacher, right, is let's just say if you were to go through her class, you will have absolute zero interest in history. I think... I think maybe we also need to talk a little bit about teachers in, in this podcast. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. So this teacher, right, all she does was 
write notes on the chalkboard and we copy. And she will spend five minutes. And the, the history classes are two periods. It takes up a huge chunk of the, the school. It's only like eight or nine periods every day, right? So it takes up two periods. That's a whole full, full hour. And all she does is she just writes her notes on the chalkboard and then she'll wait. Oh, done copying? Okay, done copying. She will erase and then she'll write another set. All right, so that's the sec three. Sec four, she managed to she managed to get a projector to follow her around. Every class she goes, there will be an AVA boy or AVA girl pushing the cart with the OHP, and she'll just flash. Oh, it's worse, right? It's worse, it's worse right? because <laughs> it's faster. You know, the pace is faster. There's no there's no time to slack off. You cannot. Oh yeah, teacher's writing on the board. I can sleep or whatever. She has maximum efficiency in her laziness. Correct. Correct. And that's that's all she does. She just tells you the very brief idea that oh, this is what happened during you know when the British were here during colonial. Okay, okay. So I'll, I'll cut it. I'll cut it short. I'll cut the crap. So basically, what she does is copy this and remember, like what John said, memorize, and you'll do well in O levels. None of us did well. Both her history classes failed because she spotted the wrong questions. Right. So so. Even back then, right? Even back then for me, when right, I was 16, 15, 16 years old, I was I was thinking, wait, hang on. Aren't you supposed to make me feel interested in history? Like, there are so many topics that we can read into in a history textbook. Like, when I read the history textbook on my own, it's fucking interesting. It's, it's amazing, it's okay? It's wars and Yeah, death it's more wars, like, people holy shit. Each other. Exactly. So, you know, when you're like, when you're like 12, 13 years old, you, 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 th- you thought that, you know, World War II is the, you know, the biggest... The beyond and end of all wars but when you look at the history books like holy shit man in the region there's like all these wars there's boogies this you know the Malacca the, you know the, there's so many things going on but this teacher just wants us to copy notes right instead of instead of getting us to to be interested in you know this is what happened this is you know talk about all the all things that happened in society back then what happened you know life like that uh, what, what life is like back in the <clears throat> 1300s or 1400s so it just stops you from learning, is it? It just stops you from learning. My math teacher, on the other hand, just really encourages us. Yeah, yeah, you know, do this challenge, do that challenge. She, she keeps poking holes at why we don't want to do things, which is sec three and sec four math teacher, the old level math teacher. The sec two math teacher was ter- terrible. I didn't hand up homework for a year. <laughs> you, you, you are a bad boy. Yeah, I'm not a good student. But uh, but John, but John, this book of yours. <laughs> It, it highlights a lot of uh, issues, but does it give any solutions is what? Because I'm, I'm thinking of like some of the alternatives like homeschooling and all that. Like It doesn't seem to hit the mark or hit a solution, you see. Actually, it does. It does provide a solution, but you're not going to fucking like it. Tell so, me about this solution. The solution, the very clean, clear-cut one, is to cut funding to education. Yeah, you heard me right. Cut funding to education. This person, he has lost their way. He has lost his way entirely. So, currently, what's happening right now is that education has gotten very, very cheap. Relatively speaking, okay? I mean, if you compare um, getting an education, let's say, three, four hundred years ago, where only the nobility can afford it, Okay, and you compare it, uh, education right now where most of us are at least able to get through the primary and secondary level. And there, from then on, there's a good percentage of us that um, can get the tertiary level. Even if we don't have the money to pay for it right now, we can get a loan that pretty much guarantees that yeah, we can complete it. Uh, in the US system, is especially egregious. I think you all would have by now heard of some of the student loan crisis that's going on in the US. Yeah, that's a lot for tertiary education, though. That's not for, 
for anything below yeah, that. Yeah, correct. So, um, so currently, I'm not so sure about what's the percentage of uh, government subsidies in in Singapore. I should probably have checked it out before I recorded this. But in the states, right, public education consumes about seven percent of the GDP, okay, of the of the US GDP. Conversely, you look at it, um, how the US spends on its military is 4% of its GDP. Now, everybody knows that the US military spends more than, what, the next 26 country combined or something like that, right? Like, everybody knows that, correct? And then there's always these uh, bumper stickers that say, oh, you know, how great w- would it be when um, teachers can get all the money they want and fighter pilots need to hold big sales to get the, the, the jets that they need. But in actual fact, the U.S. government spends close to double what they spend on the military in on public education, public and private education, actually. So this whole thing, right? Like my point is that eventually, what will happen, right, is that we will get to a point of credential inflation. This is, I think, this will this will happen in Singapore. It's probably already happening in Singapore, where even our toilet cleaners, right? If you don't have a fucking BA in something, you know it's going to be very, very difficult for you to get a job in the future. So that that could be the, the crisis that we will be facing pretty soon. And if we continue this level of funding to education, where we don't allow the poor students or the not-so-good students to drop out and get, for example, vocational or trade skills, okay, and we keep forcing students, poor or otherwise, I mean poor as in poor-performing students, into bachelors that... Especially like terrible bachelors, you know, bachelor of like fine arts and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> fucker. And sociology and, you know, and, uh, you fucker. and feminist studies and dance theories and shit like that, right? Then we are, I mean, th- this is going to be a fucking big problem in the future. Wait, wait, wait. You have not uh, talked about how, can you, can you expound more about how you cut the public spending for education, right? And then it would have, have uh, less of this signaling mindset. No, no, it, w- it, won't, it won't cut out the signaling mindset. The signaling mindset is here to stay. Like, I don't think there will be ever a, a education system right, that doesn't rely on signaling. The only one that is close to so-called taking over in terms of what the signaling model might be is online learning. Because online learning is fairly targeted. And because you, can, you don't need to cover the distances, you can actually spend more time learning and you can learn the stuff that you want on demand. However, online learning faces a catch-22 problem. So when we talk about signaling, right, we are talking about conformity. So if you go online and you learn and you get some degree there, okay, or some qualifications or certification there, then you are non-conformist. So, you, so online learning will not get the traction that it needs right, to surpass traditional schooling. And then without the traction that it needs to surpass traditional schooling, nobody is going to go online schooling. So they are are stuck in this like perpetual negative feedback loop. So the the signaling portion of it is not going anywhere. What we need to think about, right, is can we reduce the portion of signaling to a meaningful level? And to do that, right, what we have to do is to reduce the number of graduates that we have reduce the number of people who are actually going to school. Because, once again, right, school doesn't actually provide you the necessary job skills for the future. I mean, 
this is the argument that the book is, is saying la, and I agree so given that right wouldn't it be better to remove the signaling portion from like by yourself altogether get a vocational or trade skill somewhere else and then focus on that rather than trying to get a BA in fine arts do you understand what I'm saying? So once it's the it's hard because I have to I have to imagine that I'm not myself because we actually have a BA in finance and we are in it because it's the most suitable uh, trade that we want to apply. So I understand what you're talking about. Though. You are talking about people who who are unable to to uh, let's say get a BA in some other field like psychology and all that, which requires certain uh, uh, cut off points that that for example we don't have right. And then they they they're like oh fuck I can't take psychology. Uh, I guess I have to go to take a BA at fucking ADM or what. And then they go there and then they they just pass and then they get a degree and they end up selling insurance. You're talking about that kind of thing. Yes, correct. So if we were to reduce the the supply right, then the demand would naturally fall down to a level where it is it reaches a, a equilibrium again. I think in Singapore, right? Okay. Anyway, uh, previously John was mentioning uh how much GDP does Singapore spend on education? It's twelve point seven for no, sorry, it's thirteen point seven for the financial year twenty eighteen. Uh, just one percent, actually zero point nine percent below defense. I'm just looking at the article right now. Uh, so going back to um, going back to the the having less people go to degree programs, right, so that they are not forced to, but encouraged to take on uh, equally rewarding, both financially and, and otherwise uh, vocational jobs, which is actually a problem in the US right now and is, is, is becoming a problem in Singapore. Uh, not enough people taking on vocational uh, jobs. I think one big problem or one big difference is uh, in Singapore, they are kind of artificially or maybe yeah, they are artificially keeping the keeping the standards high because if you want to go from a polytechnic to a university, right, a, a local university, you really have to score within top five percent, and even within top five percent, if you don't have some uh, CCA, you you don't perform very well in a CCA that you you select, or you don't have any um, out of curriculum merits to to uh, to bring to the table, you are not actually able to get into a local university that easily. So, uh, signaling. Yeah, precisely. This is like hundred percent signaling over here. If you don't, if you don't show that you can make it, you don't. You can't even get it into the so university you have to in jump Singapore. Hoops in order to get to a lot of university to jump through more hoops. But there are there are still people who manage to do it. There are still middle income, low income people who who didn't do well in secondary school, went to IT, went the hard way. You know, poly. They they finished NUS by age thirty. They still did it. By the way, uh, just as a note here, right. The twelve percent or thirteen percent that we are talking about, uh, mm. you of course, yes, we are artificially creating a barrier for locals. But don't mm. forget, you no, know, this one Singapore government has admitted before, right, where they are subsidizing or even paying for certain foreign students to come in, correct, and learn, and of course, in exchange for a certain bond, uh, mm. But once again, right, like the the whole thing, right, seems so fucked already. And then after <laughs> that, now, right, we artificially create a barrier for locals, bring in foreigners. And then after that, we, we, we say that, hey, you know, sorry, you're, you're just fucked. Go overseas instead. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the, the other part of the issue is for people who cannot afford or cannot qualify for local colleges, they'll have to go overseas. Like myself, I, I'm not so brilliant. So we got to pay money. <laughs> right. Yeah. So but we're actually paying for a degree. I mean, I did the same thing. I, I, was, I got educated in Australia. By the way, I also have a BA, Bachelor of Arts. So, I'm in the same fucking boat <laughs> as you guys. Like, I'm a, I'm a use, useless degree as well. Hey, I'm a Bachelor of Applied Arts. Applied. Oh, whatever. 
whatever. Am I the person, only person here whose degree is actually like, like it makes sense in my career? Okay, here's a radical idea. Uh, what happens, will this solve anything? If let's say, you know these hoops that you have to jump through that you're talking about, will it make any um, difference if you put the onus more on uh, businesses and employers than let's say uh, uh, like, you know, having an institution that, that does exams. So for instance, uh, every time you want to apply to an engineering company, your, your degrees don't matter. Your, your, you know, whatever that you have doesn't matter. You have to, you have to go through the, the exam or the test or the hoop, as you say, that the company comes up with. And of course, whatever the company comes up with will be a million times more relevant than these very uh, general exam questions that you know, uh, uh, we have to take in order to, to, to pass. So there's no way to fake that also, you know what I mean? So this also was brought up in a book, and I'll give you the answer. Okay, For, okay. In, in the book, right, like I said, specifically, um, it's in the US context, and then in the US, right, it's illegal for employers to give prospective employees IQ tests. <gasps> what? Yeah. what? It's illegal. It was actually, um, it was actually a very famous case that, that, that made it that way. Of course, that is not to say that they cannot give them certain specific training Okay. okay. But once again, right, don't forget what you're talking about, right, is specifically about intelligence and possibly conscientiousness. But there's also another aspect of it, right, that you're completely ignoring, which is the conformity aspect. The conformity aspect, right, is probably the most important, I would say, among all of them. Because if you were to set on this path, right, and say that, okay, you know what, I'm going to go through 10 plus 15 years of schooling, okay, and I'm going to sit through all the fucking exams, I'm going to, I'm going to sit in all the classes, and I'm, even better, I'm going to ace all of them. Like, this tells the employers, right, that you're one particular type of person. Therefore, you're either a team player, or you can go through, or you can take the hard knocks, you are able to, you have the discipline necessary, right, to do the shit that you don't want to do. You see, and that is the important portion of it, and the time that it takes for you to get there. That's also another aspect of it. Now, once again, right, we can live in a hypothetical world that we remove all of this shit, okay, and then we create some artificial um, barrier, like what you mentioned, employer giving some sort of test. What will happen then, right, is that. The elites among us, when I talk about elites, I'm not talking about just the rich and the rich and the wealthy and the privileged. I'm talking about the people who are smarter, faster, who are able to game the system, and who are more charismatic than us. The, the elites, right, will then create their own set of signals that the rest of us cannot attain in order to get the job, right? This is just an endless cycle of signaling. And this is what human interaction is all about. Like when I go to a bar and I see one lady like all by herself, wearing some sort of skimpy dress. I'm not going to rape her, but... But I might decide to go and buy her a drink, right? Because she's signaling something to me. She's signaling something to every guy in the bar, right? Similarly, when you see some guy on the street and he's wearing you know, a well-tailored suit and he has a nice tie and in the, in the hot summer day of Singapore, this guy is signaling something to us, Right? When this guy, uh, if some guy is just wearing some like ripped up jeans and he has blue hair and he has piercing all over his fucking face and he has like tattoos everywhere, once again, they are signaling something very, very different from the other two people that we just talked about. And this is, this is inescapable. 
we will always be faced with signals. And then if we were to in, incur, include some artificial signals that what you've suggested, then everything, everything else right, will just be boosted up artificially in order to game your barrier. Okay, are there any other solutions that he suggested besides cutting spending, uh, government spending on education? Not specifically. Um, there is a portion of the book which talks about the soul of education. Okay, so something because he, this guy is an economist, so he wants to avoid the trap most economists fall into, which is everything is based on dollars and cents. Okay, he's trying to absorb the situation in a as holistic way as possible. So one of the things that he discussed, the fi- one of the final chapters of the book is talking about the soul of education. What about things like Shakespeare, for example? There's not there's nothing to say that. Um, Shakespeare will not benefit you in some other immaterial way, right? Because when we talk about, as opposed to learning music or learning basketball or picking up basketball as a CCA, learning Shakespeare has some some other qualities, as opposed to just by being on the job, correct? Like we will all something along those lines, or even like going to the opera or like what Jerry mentioned, learning about history, correct? So there's some there's some immaterial aspect to the whole thing. What we what he colloquially refers to as the soul of education. Okay, okay, okay. So there is this of course once again, right? Um the he has some rebuttal for all of that, but what he's suggesting, right, is that if you want to enhance this portion of it, okay, there's three criteria that needs to be met. First of all, we need to have better content. Okay, we need to enhance the content of the stuff that we are learning in school. Second of all, we must have better teachers. Most teachers are super uninspiring, like Dan's teachers and Jerry's secondary school, a uh, secondary two maths teacher. Okay, so we need to have teachers that are more inspiring across the board. And the final thing is we need to have better students. We need to have students who are inquisitive, who are willing to learn and willing to learn the things that is in the content, and willing to engage with the inspiring teachers. If any one of these pieces is out, right, then the whole system falls apart. You want better content and better teachers, but you want to cut the money. <laughs> Even the business that doesn't work, right? No, no. If we're talking about the soul of it, then that the, the oh, cutting, okay, the, okay, the, okay, cutting okay. the budget, right, right. would not apply. Okay, okay. Yeah, that means given the current situation that we're in now, like you can feed in as much money as you want, right? But when we're talking about alternative solutions, right, then we are looking at how to so-called rescue the the essence of education as it was meant to be. The portion of it that says that, yeah, education is good for the human spirit. Perhaps, perhaps what he might be implying isn't cutting funding to education completely, but maybe to redirect some of it to Say for example, no, 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 that, that's what he's implying. He's really, implying, he's yeah. cutting. Not, not all of it, not, not like hundred percent, but it is, and in his current state, very wasteful. And what he's suggesting is that to redirect those funds into other things that we know can work. What of course, there's a whole what what is going on right now, right? Is that we keep shifting the system a bit. We keep like tweaking some dials here and there. But the problem is that the whole system is built on very shaky foundations to begin with. The best way to go about doing it, in his words, is that you demolish the whole fucking thing, figure out what works first, figure out how to build the building, then you build the building. 
and not just fiddle and twiddle until you get some semblance of a moving corpse by attaching strings to a dead horse. You see? So... Is, is that his analogy or your analogy? The analogy is mine. Okay, then I, I, com- I compliment you on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, the, uh, Jerry. Uh, didn't mean to cut you off that, but I wanted to be mm, like mm. more precise uh, in what we're talking about. No, but I, the way the way I look at it, right, is I mean, if uh, if we're talking about if we're talking about the education in its current iteration, it, it's not really producing the kind of results. It's producing producing too much signaling and not enough of the human capital. I think you guys got it wrong as well. We're not producing too much signaling. Signaling is, is there. Good. Okay. Yeah, we can't produce more or less of it. Is what we do. It's just what human beings like tend towards. The the human capital portion of it is more. It's, it's not the social. Like there's no social aspect to human capital. It's very it's very selfish. It's very private. When you want to pick up an instrument and learn how to play, right? You're not doing it expressly for the purpose of being a musician in the future. It's more about okay. I want to try something new. Maybe I want to pick up a new hobby or whatever. If I can, if I am talented enough to become a musician in the future, then so be it. But that, that wasn't your intent or most for most of us. Nah. It's just to learn something new. That's the human capital portion of it. It's very intensely private and selfish. The social aspect of it, right? That's when signaling comes in. You see? I, I feel like I feel like we are talking a lot about this book. Uh, so hey, can you, can you for the audience's edification again, can you uh, tell us about the title and the, the name of this bozo again? Okay, so the, the title of the book is... The Case Against Education, written by Brian Kaplan. Okay. The Case Against Education, written by Brian Kaplan. Yep. Hey, Brian. Hey. <laughs> Please we don't are, challenge him to the fight. We are pimping. He's a fucking economist. <laughs> He's just gonna... We just are pimping your book on our podcast, you know. You know, I think... I think since you're an economist, right, you know that... You know, I think we deserve a little something sweeter to pimp your book for you. So just drop us an email at... What's our email again? Uh, no, we don't have an email. Anyway, oh, the... <laughs> Like I wanted to bring this up because I thought it was a very interesting subject. Like oh, it the, is, when, it is, it when, is. when he brought up is. the signaling portion of it, right? To be honest, something inside me railed against it. I I think I had the same initial reaction as you guys, where you know I'm just like my instant reaction was this guy is just bullshit. But the more I listened to him, and this and by the way, this book is intensely dry and full of stats. So this guy is not talking about that. Like this guy is a pure economist in in this book. Okay, like he's just like pulling stats and pulling studies and there's a lot of it. And he dissects the subject in a very uh, myriad of ways. The more I listen to it, right, the more I'm convinced that, hey, this guy might be onto something. And there's some, there's, after a while, there's also something intuitive inside you that says that he's probably right, but I never really thought of it this way. So one of the things that he mentioned as well was why is this such a difficult subject to broach? And one of the things that he mentioned was the social desirability bias. To put it simply, things that are good are not popular, and things that are popular are not good. It's very easy to say that, you know, every child deserves an education, no child left behind, you know, every child is a genius in his or her own way. It's very easy to, to, to spout 
nonsense like that. But the truth of it is that the, the most of us, right, are just like terrible at a lot, a lot of things. We're just probably really good at that one specific thing and it probably has nothing to do with what school can give you. It's something that you have to go and discover on your own. But our current uh, so-called social and political climate insists that we have to put children through this arduous and torturous number of hours right, into school to go and figure out what that is. I will also say that it is also because the people in power who are making these policies have benefited from such a system. Yeah, of course not. I mean, the main thing is that it's very unpopular to say something like, oh, let's cut funding to the school. Like, you just know, you're not going to get into fucking office that way. You're not going to be elected as an official. So, this is, this is a problem, right, that will persist unless we can, you know, somehow wake up our idea. Lah. Which is why I wanted to talk about it. Because I think this is an idea worth spreading. And it, it, seems, it seems very counterintuitive at first. But really, the more you think about it and the more you expose yourself and you challenge yourself, right, the, I'm sure that most of us will agree to some level of it. Like, you might not agree it's 80% signaling, maybe it's 70%, maybe it's 65%, but I fucking guarantee you, right, it's more than 55%. How, how does that affect us on the individual scale then? I mean, right now, there's no guarantee and it's probably not going to happen in our life. There's such a big educational reform is going to happen. So when you have kids and then they have to go to fucking school, what do you do? I think you just have to keep in mind, like, there is such a thing, though, that really what you're trying to do, like, if I, like, after reading this book, right, what I've resolved to do is to inform my kid of the of the signaling portion of it. What I'll tell him is, him or her, is that get your signaling correct. And if, let's say this, my child is a good student, which most likely he or she will not be, <laughs> but if they are, then I will fucking pull all stops to make sure that they get the best education that they, they, they can get. Okay, I'll, I'll do everything. I'll sell my backside. I'll take loans. I'll beat people. I'll steal. I'll rob. I'll cheat. I'll beg. I'll suck dick for money. <laughs> Okay, I'll get you I'll get you into the fucking school that you want. However, if you suck, if you are like a terrible student like your old man John, get the fuck out of school and get a job. Like seriously. Like that is the best way that you can learn. You know? And when I talk about like being terrible in school, like you if you're always like fifty percent, if you're always sixty percent, then just get the fuck out. So, like don't don't waste anybody else's time and money. And I think it's important to to know this, uh, at least for our generation. I mean, we're all around the same age and maybe our listeners are around the same age as well because like kids fucking kill themselves over this shit. And then when you look at it and you dissect it and, and you deconstruct it to, you know, about how the world is using you so that you can signal to them your worth and your value, right? Kids are fucking killing themselves. They don't know this. To them, to them right, the signal is the truth, you know? That means if, regardless of what you're signaling, right, to them, right, if let's say you get a bad grade, you, you are actually worth that bad grade. That's why they kill themselves. I think... I bring think, shame to the family. But I think what... See, uh, what John's saying is basically it goes back to parenting because a lot of these kids they kill themselves is because the parents themselves are the ones that are putting the pressure on the children. It's the parents themselves who are signaling, you know. It's like, hey, fucking hell, you you don't get A, uh, you bring shame to my fam- You bring shame to the family name. So it's not about the kid, no? It's ne- it was never about the kid. Why why these kids jump off a building because of a bad PSIE grade? It's never about the kid. It's always, I'm not living up to my mother's expectations or I'm not living up to my father's ex- expectations. You know, or, or I have a sister or older brother, older sister or brother who is like, you know, like effortlessly A student. And then I'm like struggling so hard. I, I, I sleep four hours a day at 12 years old and I still get like a, you know, B average or PSLE. Then how? 
You know, so a lot of this is parenting as well. It's it's not just it cannot just be the student, it cannot just be the teachers, it cannot just be the system, you know. It's it's the parent if the parents buy into the system, then obviously it's gonna cause a lot of harm to the to the child as well. Alright, are you guys convinced now? Alright, so what's your percentage? Have you have you revised your your numbers, guys? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that my numbers are revised, but I want to Google more about this uh this book and uh, I want to find out more about what he has to I, say. I recommend you just like like read it all just like for me I, I bought the audiobook version uh, which is a lot more helpful for me because I'm pretty bad with like the very dry and statistical aspect of it so listening to it while I exercise is, uh, is a good way to like just get my mind off shit um, but yes do do take a look, do have a read or, or have a listen at the book and you know hopefully you can have your minds revised how about you Jerry have your numbers changed I I can't give you a number, but it's still greater than, definitely greater than 50%. For me, it's definitely great. I definitely agree that signaling, but at the same time, I think personally, I feel if we disregard the human capital uh, points for, for education, then we're really losing. Well, basically, if you, if you say that, you know, education is really mostly signaling, right, then uh, we don't even have to talk about the soul of education anymore. You know, it's it's just people getting information so they can get a job, and that's it. End of story. I think there's more to that, and that's the reason why I put it at forty five percent. You know, for human capital, because I believe I I really strongly believe. Maybe I'm still a bit naive and idealistic, but I strongly believe. So what is this thing then? What is this thing that you're talking about? Because, like, if you're saying okay. When, what what you were saying was you know dude if you if you are like fucking almost failing all the way through school you might as well go and get a job that was me <laughs> that was me okay but I can tell you this I I would not say I'm intelligent but I know enough uh, to sneak by all right and at the same time I realized that the the times that my my friends I, I still keep in contact with some of my secondary school friends the time that they spent on books I was playing. I was playing video games. I was like half-assing through everything, scraping through all the time. And there, there are those guys that I hang out with, that I play with. They drop from express to normal, <laughs> right? And I'm the one who went through. You're the fucking bad influence, ah. <laughs> yeah, pretty You're much. You're the la. reason why public education <laughs> is a failure. Goddamn. No, but but see, that's the thing. I, I feel um, probably cause a kill, few kids to kill themselves. You. <laughs> There's not nothing to do with the bullying that you've done. But I feel it. You know, people need. Certain certain youth need really need time to to uh, you know explore what what it means to to want to do something, and we have a lot of especially these days we have a lot of distraction, and uh, children are not super focused. They even even the children who are from uh, the teenagers from underprivileged homes, uh, they they do they do have a certain leeway, and their parents would still want them to finish their education and hopefully get a proper job. You know, and not get stuck in this shithole. So, in in a way, I think there are people reach maturity at different ages, and you know, I I think it's it's just a. Wouldn't you say that school does nothing to accelerate that maturation? School does nothing, but like we were discussing just now, you know, with the, with the this external a- a- aspect that we were talking about earlier. You you were saying that forty five percent human capital, and because of why forty five percent is because there's some hidden gem within this that you I'm, I'm not sure you have a name for it but clearly you don't and after all after all that you've said and done right I still don't see how like public education can get to the core of what you're talking about if we're talking about public education just with 
the information that you're getting across, right? Just just we're talking about subjects. I think if we're just talking about the syllabus, it's probably like what you say. Perhaps you know majority of what we learn are not used, right? But the reason why I want to talk about teachers just now was because uh, teachers genuinely do you know inspire students. Good teachers, good teachers, good teachers right? Or actually, bad teachers as well. Because for for me. But the re- the way I look at it is bad teachers, right? When when bad teachers influence me, uh, and and now that I'm also kind of a teacher, I I aspire to not be like them. You know, I aspire to okay. I want to find out more about this kid. I want to you know go out and and reach out and see maybe whether or not through whatever I say can change the way they think. Right. So so to me, I, I think it's important that you know you it's it's not it's not so much of a no child left behind. It's more so we don't know when these uh, individuals are going to get to a position where they are like, yeah, I got it, you know. So along the way, if, if, we're, just, if we're just saying, hey, look, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, all, it's all a selfish thing that you want to do for yourself. True, maybe, because a lot of these things are intrinsic, but at the same time, maybe also on my side, it's intrinsic. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm selfish in a way that, oh, yeah, if, I, if I'm able to, if I'm able to point the right thing and get this person from this point to that point, it makes me feel good. I don't know, but well, you'll be doing your job though if, if that happens. So it's not about feeling good. It's you are you are, It's your duty to do it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, after all that you said, uh, I mean, when does when the person reach maturation, right? You cannot control what. Then why are we spending money on this person, right? Just so that they can undergo a journey that they might not reach their destination. How far do you go? Then you want everybody to just give up. The moment you like, like fucking hell. Now now in school, uh, kids like they just do like one thing, and then they're like, uh. I do that one thing and I'm not good at it. Uh, I don't want to do it. Really. Then would you take on an apprentice, right? Where it will take them 10 years to fully develop even the modicum of yeah, yeah, That's why I'm asking skills. you how far should we go? Because no, right okay. now kids are doing this. They are, but they are we doing don't, one thing yeah, and then they're like, oh, I'm bad at it. And then they're like, oh, I don't want to do it again. Then no, the, 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 what we are trying to say here, right, is that, okay, the human capital argument, right, Always focus on this, like um, okay, you can you there there is some there's some journey you have to undertake, or there's some uh, mm-hmm, uh ex- mm-hmm. externality that you can you can learn that may or may not benefit you on the job skills so on and so forth. But all this is a lot of maybe and what ifs. All this a lot of them right, their arguments will either go back down to the individual themselves, right? So th- how the individual approach the particular subject at hand, okay. When they mature, you don't know. When they will learn, you don't know. It could be age of 50, it could be age 15. Correct? Yes. But then, is how can we keep holding the hands of all these people and push them and pull them along despite their wishes against it and then hope that at the end of it, right, they can achieve, uh, attain a positive result? I mean, if I were to get you guys to... If I were to say, for example, okay... Oh no, opera is good for the soul. Like you guys should sit in a fucking opera. Like if you were to sit for like a three-hour opera, it's damn fucking boring and you hate it, right? It's not gonna do anything for you. Imagine sitting through the opera for the next fifteen years, just hoping that you will like you'll like it, and then you can understand like the rich history and the intricacies of opera by the time you've gone through these fifteen years of torture. You see? And that's one aspect of it. Then don't forget the other aspect of it which is who decides the subjects that you are supposed to learn to begin with. The gatekeepers of education uh, decide that you should learn this subject because they learn it as well, right? There's no guarantee that the subjects that you 
that the gatekeepers force upon you uh, has actually any benefits, right? Other than this makes my job easier, correct? So you can you can you can bring a horse to water, uh, but you can't make the horse drink it. Uh. I I have to okay. I'm not totally disagreeing, but I have to say that you know the the syllabus that we cover, right? I mean, if you look at it from a very uh uh, if you look at it from a historical point of view, the syllabus that we cover in ten years from primary one all the way to sec four or sec five, right? It it represents perhaps the last four thousand years of human technological discoveries condensed into ten years. You know what I'm trying to say? It's it's. If you tell that to a child, if you tell that to a child, to a teenager, they will not understand it. But now, as someone who has grown up, as someone who has got a little bit of maturity to see what's going on, it's you, you're you're taking in ten you're taking yeah, ten years of, of education. But that's like four thousand years of human discoveries, you know. That actually makes your point worse because there's actually some studies done right on certain universities, especially those technological ones, right. Where upon graduation, right, the stuff that you have learned now, uh, the past four or five years, whatever, right, is already obsolete. It's already irrelevant. So once again, right, there's no human capital in there. All the shit that you've learned, right, is already gone. Tao Tai Liao is already gone. It's gone with the wind. Something new has taken over it. There's no human capital value in it at all. What, it's only the signaling portion what, of it that's left. What what exactly are obsolete by the time they graduate? What is some of the some of the programming languages programming example, languages some, some, okay, okay. some of the robotic stuff for example those, some, those things some medical science those right? things I think those things are are we're talking about we're talking about you know discoveries like for example our our numbers are Arabic numbers right and we're talking about things like you know mathematical formulations that have stood for many years until recently only some of them have been overturned like say um we, we definitely, we learned uh, classical physics, right, in a Newtonian sense. It's only until in the 30s where, where uh, Einstein uh, overturned some of the mm, calculations. Yeah. You know, so uh, what I'm talking about are those things. Those, the things that have been uh, mainstays of uh, human knowledge for 4,000 years. I'm well, not. I'm not talking about. Okay. I'm can not I, talking about programming just, and so on. Can I just condense your argument? You're, what you're saying is that human capital values uh, lie somewhere deep in this murk that we need to just go and source for it. And if, if enough time goes by, then the diamond will just flow to the surface. Actually, I think what Jerry is trying to say is that we are who we are right now in this society, in this world, because of all these advances that took place in the last four thousand years. And 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 this is a, a, a aspect of of human growth that is very important for every human on the planet to know because it concerns you to where you are right now and how we got here as a species. So, of course, they aren't able to put it in such grandoise, you know, uh, in such a grandoise way. So they break it down into, you know, math, fucking physics, fucking science, you know, and, and all, all these things, um, they help us understand who we are as a human species. Even though it is deconstructed in such a reductionist uh, way, it if you if you look at it right, Unfortunately, like, you know, yes. as, as an adult, yes, it, it does make sense. So that is capital uh, to me. Capital is stuff that's worth something, right? So I, I'd say that knowing your place in, in, in this world, uh, what we have done, I think is important. And again, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, John. I think I think we definitely can streamline education in the sense that, you know, if if by the by by their late teens, mid teens, lah, 15, 16 years old, if a kid does has no exhibits no real interest in uh, this sort of whatever academic stuff that we have we force them to go through okay, right okay. so this is this is what we're talking about already right because how far do you want to go like for 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 John mm. right his threshold is somewhat lower because you literally just say 15 16 I think that's far too late 
And of course, for John, it's far, 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 far too late. <laughs> Maybe John right, so is how, like eight years yeah, old. Yeah, so how far do you want to go? Because I, of course, I also don't agree no, that you should waste no. your time doing stuff you don't want to do. But there's actually, okay, if you want to just tweak dials and knobs, right, there's actually a very simple and elegant solution to all this. For every class that you have, right, just cut out 80% of it by the time it reaches the year end. So for example, you go to music, right? Mm. So you just, for the second year of music class, then you just take only 20% of what, what's left. You have some guys going to CCA, right? Basketball or whatever. You just take 20% of what's left. You just keep cowling the herd in this way, leaving only the very uh, explicitly important subjects. So we can all agree that math and English and Chinese and whatever mother tongue that you have, all these are necessary uh, subjects for you to get on with your daily life, right? Then we can maybe include things like physics, chemistry, biology, maybe, okay? Some of these are so-called the second tier, more in, uh, important subjects. We can make it optional, we can make it not. I didn't take biology, for example. Didn't affect me the least fucking bit. I still know where all my bits are. I still can name some of my bodily bits and your bodily bits, okay? <laughs> so school has nothing to do with that. Then after that, we have the really, really useless fucking shit. Bottom of the barrel shit. Okay, then we need to start calling for those portions. Literature. <laughs> yeah, literature is sorry. Oh, literature was sorry. Great. I, I totally enjoyed literature. So, hey, audiences out there, uh, you have heard some very controversial statements by all of us. So, please, um, for all our 25 listeners out there, our 25 beautiful, talented, individual, and intelligent we love people. You. Yeah, we love you. But please uh, tell us what you think about this document, uh, about this podcast, that, and, and this book that John has referenced. Uh, where do you stand on the, the, the capital versus signaling argument? Where, where do you stand in terms of reducing the amount of spending that the government does on or like the foreigners and people like us? Please, please let us know. Yeah? And, uh, 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 before we end, yeah. let's play a game. Actually, I had a magical moment, but can you play a game first? Can you play a game first? Okay. Let's do both. Let's let's each take turn and name one major or one subject you want in schools. Like, it doesn't matter what level. doesn't matter, uh, like, any... Like, I don't need you to be, like, specific to any particular segment or context, okay? Just name one subject that you would like to see. To see or to see gone? To see... Well, to see. We're going to include. We're not going to remove. That's a good question. Please, Jerry, yeah. you go first. Just one? Just the one. If if I have to... If I have to... Even though I hate it, if I have to have... that, You know, if school is about just one thing, just one subject, math. It really it exists. So you need to be something that doesn't Oh, something exist. that doesn't exist. Yeah. <sighs> so you're adding on to the, to the curriculum. Okay, can, I, can I go first? That's then? even okay, While worse. Jerry thinks, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Martial arts. Martial arts. Yes. Well, there's some people who fucking hate it and... It doesn't matter, they have to do it. Because I'm, I'm watching like Cobra Kai on YouTube Red right now. Oh my, it's, it's, it's good, it's good. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, if there, there exists... There exists this hypothetical generation, right, who uh, cannot take hardship, so they say, who people call them and refer them to as, as, as durian, spiky on the outside and, and, and whatever on the inside or whatever on the marshmallow generation. If this really exists, then maybe... Uh, uh, regardless of whether you like it or not, coming in from the viewpoint of a strict Asian parent... Uh, martial arts may be a good thing to learn. The thing I'll introduce is negotiation class. 
every fucking thing in human society is negotiation. Well, the formation of this podcast uh, is, a, is a negotiation between me and the rest of you co-hosts. Correct? Martial arts is a negotiation too. Yeah, it's a <laughs> negotiation fist. of violence. Yeah, yeah. negotiation of violence. Yeah. But of course, if my fist is bigger than your fist, then the negotiation is over. <laughs> a bit so, short. Uh. Yeah. So as a, I think... Uh, if they were, I think and this is really the, the the skill that carried me throughout my adult life it's just being able to negotiate with people uh, none of the other shit that I learned in school right, really matters like even okay I'll just be upfront now since I've stopped doing it already I did uh, photography in, in school in, in uni and for a short time uh, for about 10 years of my life I was a active photographer in all my time as a photographer I've always said one thing. Professional photography has almost nothing to do with photography. The Most of the shit that I'm doing right, is just the pre-production, talking to clients, making sure everybody's on board, everybody's on the same fucking page. Okay? During the actual shoot itself, is negotiating with the models, okay, the, the makeup artists, the people, my crew, so on and so forth. And then the post-production is, once again, renegotiating with the client, the final product. So what... Oh, the whole The whole aspect, right... The actual photography, the actual clicking of the camera, the, the releasing of the shutter, right, and the and the and the arrangement of the of the lights and not so on and so forth, has so little. Like it's just maybe like ten percent of the entire endeavor. So that's what I will include: negotiation. It's funny because uh, I always joke that for my quotation, since I'm an illustrator, very close to what John used to do, ten uh, percent. If say for example I, I bill someone five thousand dollars, five hundred dollars is for the actual work, forty five hundred is actually for dealing with that bullshit. <laughs> okay, so for me, for me, um, what should we include? Uh, it, it's already kind of in the curriculum, uh, but sex. No, 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 no. Uh, it's what the fuck, Dan? You must learn about sex. I yeah. didn't learn about sex. That's why I'm such a deviant now. I think you would have been a deviant regardless of yeah. what you learn in the school. Maybe you learn about sex, you'll be more of a deviant. Yeah, you'll be like, you'll be like oh, oh, I you'll can be a do deviant this. sooner. Yeah. So so the thing I would say it should should go in as a very, very important curriculum. Uh now it's like the tier four lah. Now Let's get to it, God damn. is uh cooking. <laughs> okay. I realized Actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I realized I, I do know how to cook, obviously, but but only when I started moving out on my own, when I was uh, when I was uh, studying overseas, it, it became very, very important. Like, fucking, you don't know how to cook. You're going to eat Subway for four years. And that's almost what I did. That's why I don't eat Subway anymore. Okay. Right. Cooking. So so now I do my own cooking and it it's very, uh, it's very cost effective. And of course, when I go to the market to buy things, you talk to the, you talk to the wet market, you know, we talk to the store owners. Uh, you, you ask them about their life, right? Then you start thinking about, hey, you know where my food comes from, and it the whole circle, right? The whole circle from from farm to table. It it's actually very important for for children to know all these things. If only you've picked up cooking, then your shoba will be crackling. Yeah, right I know, right? <laughs> so for our audiences uh, out there, uh, Jerry today he was given the sacred task of bringing some shoba. To, for us to enjoy. Wait, uh, wait, hang on a second. This is not the first time he tried it. Yes. This is the, actually the second time. So in four weeks, okay, and he wanted to get the sioba in for us to try and he's trying so hard to get the crackling and he failed both times. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys uh, the bigger irony, right? Like my dad sells sioba for 
basically I'm raised on show but money. <laughs> <laughs> if only primary school had taught you how to cook Jerry, oh my goodness. Okay, gentlemen, let me present to you my hypothetical, my magical moment. Imagine an alternate version of Singapore where in this day and age, right, the government, the industry values resilience and tolerance to pain the most. This is one of the most important criteria, okay? And right now, right, every student in Singapore, right, has a chance, has a choice, sorry. The choice is to, number one, go through 12 years of your torture, of your torture, the usual, you know, primary school, secondary school, right? And the second one is to go for two years, merely two years, right, where you walk over, every time you go to the classroom, there's this giant, uh, they call it uh, the pain spike. And you, you just sit on the pain spike and it goes right up your ass and then it, it, it shocks you, it cuts you, it burns you. It does all sorts of nasty things to you. But only for two years, only for two years. right? And if you can pass, don't even say two years, if you can go through it for one year, that's the equivalent of an A-level degree already. Because you know what? You're an A-level pain manager. You know, that's what they call it nowadays, right? In this fictional universe. Pain the A. <laughs> so, now, uh, you as a student, okay, you are given this choice. And this is this is special because you have the, all the knowledge that you have now. So, it is not it is not the 12-year-old John that I'm talking to. It's a 35-year-old John in the body of a 12-year-old John. You know about all this and all the pain that you will suffer, right, in your secondary education, whatever nonsense. I'm telling you right now, you need to spend one year, right, in the pain spike. And when you come out, you'll be as valued as, as all, you know, okay, all the employers. This, let's say, is a global thing. All the employers, everybody will, will oh, John, you spent through one, one and a half years of the pain glove. Wow, oh, not bad, eh? Whoa. And then they will value you for it. So this is in society, okay? Pain spike. <laughs> what? Are you fucking serious? You take the, okay, well, that was, that was fast. Yep. I, okay. I firmly believe that the human body given X amount of time, can get used to almost anything. And I'm very certain that I will also game the system in the in in any way that I know how. I mean, I'm sure maybe you can come out with some anti-gaming or anti-rigging system right now, but no matter what you come out with, I will counter it with something I'll give, and especially given what I know now, not the 12-year-old. 12-year-old me will just take it up the ass like over <laughs> and over. Like, 35-year-old me will just be like, dang, how can I... You know, maybe I can lube up first. Maybe I can, you know, uh, take some pain pills. I can do whatever, right? I can do a whole bunch of shit before I step into the fucking pain spike chamber every morning. So, and I value time more than I value most other things on earth. So, if I can condense 12 years into one year, then look, like, you, you can you can pretty much extrapolate this fucking scenario with anything else, right? Like, if I... if you have cancer right now and I say, you know, I just need to like cut off like your hand and you can live like longer. Like, wouldn't you take no, it? No, no, there's a difference there because in the 12 years of, 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 of your education, right, you will actually be learning stuff, right? I, I did say in my hypothetical situation that employers will value you regardless, right? Okay. Yeah. But this time around, you will actually be taking in 12 years of whatever Pythagoras theorem, biology, right? This, this, again, this, how much do you value this so-called immaterial knowledge? Yeah, I don't. Time is more... Of course, my, my concern here is the time aspect of it. It's not even the signaling portion of it. Like, if I... So, the, the qualifier that you have at the end where, you know, you'll be rec as recognized as anything else that anybody else can do, that only serves to function as more of like an incentive rather than anything else. The Like I said, the time aspect of it is what, what I value the most. Okay, okay. Understood. What about you, sir? We'll take it in the butt. 
let me let me uh, confirm first. Uh. Okay. So we are now back in our twelve-year-old bodies. Yes. Okay. Yes. We're your newborn, slender twelve-year-old bodies. Twelve-year-old bodies. We know whatever we know right now yes. as an adult. Yes. Will I go through the twelve years of the same shit again? Yes. Or rather, I take that stick yes. up my ass. It's called the pain spike. Please, pain. let's get the terms correct. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay, pain spike. Okay. <laughs> so it's called a pain spike. Uh, I will go through 12 years of boring shit again. Okay, okay. Why do you not want to like do what John says and like just don't waste time? Ah? No, but I get to where I am today because of wasting time. Okay, I need you to qualify this. What, what do you mean? You get to where you are today because you wasted time. Yeah, no, okay. See, in the, the, way, the way I grew up was... Uh, I wasn't a very hardworking student. I wasn't, uh, you know, I particularly enjoyed not working hard. You are literally one of the best illustrators that I know. So how how does you not working hard avail you to be one of the best illustrators in but Singapore? But that goes back to what John was arguing about. Like, you know, it's mostly signaling because I only work hard in the things I want. The rest, I'll just do enough, right? Okay. okay so okay. So if you give me another 12 years to waste time again, I will do it again. Okay. 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 I am undecided. I might probably higher chance of taking it up the ass. Because <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I mean, I, I really want to be successful. That's what I want to be. And can cut away time off the equation, I, I might do it. True. Even true. if it means... And it's not just time, right? It's like, you know, you save about... Okay, let's just go back to two years of pain spike versus like 12 years of education. Mm. You get extra 10 years of income, man. Yeah, ten years of income. Yeah. Right. But but you're I mean, you if you say you are a graduate drop right off the bat, you earn thirty thousand dollars a year at a three percent increment, like how much more would you get in that ten years? I don't know what's the math, but fucking that's a lot, man. That's a shitload of money. Okay, if we include uh, if we include CPF, that will probably be like something like forty four hundred fifty thousand. I think it'll be more than that, right? It's a it's a it's a three percent year on year increment, like most companies do this, right? I I don't know. Okay, uh, there's a lot of, especially for graduates, mm-hmm. right? For the lower, so-called lower brackets, they don't really increase their income by much, but assuming you get, across the board, three years on average, like, I've, I've, because normally when you job hop, you also have the increment, ma. so let's say we flatten all that out, let's say it's about three, three percent a year for 10 fucking years, bro. Okay, I think, I think we have to, we have to cut it down to five years because no one will hire you as a 12-year-old. No, 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 no. no, the, no. The, the clause is that you, Will be hired. You'll be oh, treated okay, as okay. if you have, like I said, an A okay, level degree. Okay. If you, nah, because I you can take resilience to pain. If you can take the something up your ass for two years, what you can take anything the company can throw at you, man. No, I think it's different. I think it's different. <laughs> I think it's different. I'll go through my twelve years of wasting time. <laughs> okay, and, and I All like right. wasting time. That's Thank the thing. you for humoring me and taking part in this uh, little <laughs> hypothetical, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay, for for you guys who wish to follow us and take part in this. This uh, uh, little hypothetical. All you need to do is to either type yes or no in the comments. Don't need to write type anything else. Just big capital letters, yes or no. Yes means you will take it up the ass for two years. This terrifying giant dildo that will go right up into your, your tight little asshole. Spikes will come out. Fire will come out. Electricity will come out for two years. Okay, that's a yes. And if you don't want that, you want to go through again this entire two of your primary school, assembly, blah, 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 biology, hide your textbook on the table. Okay, you want to go that for another 12 years, right? You write no, capital letters, okay? Uh, if, if, you're, if you're doing this exercise on Facebook, right, click thumbs up for spending 12 years and click love for taking the pain spike up yeah, your ass. <laughs> I think it's going to send a lot of wrong signals. <laughs>
Okay, John, can you wrap up this podcast? So, thank you everyone for listening to our, you know, bi-weekly nonsense and fucking garbage. Uh, listening to Dan's sexual in- innuendo and Jerry's yes and no and my non-stop uh, verbal diarrhea. And uh, click like if you like it. Let us know how we can improve. Uh, do participate in our games. You know, the what curriculum would you add? And would you take the pain spike or not? And then we will see you in one week or two weeks' time. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye.